Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Our number two getting started right here. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. George Kurtz, anything, any, anything, any plans for the uh, holiday? Well, you know, the holiday midweek is a is a problem. You know, I had, uh, had a barbecue last night at a, at a friend's house. Tonight, I think I'm just laying low in the 1,000-degree heat. Uh, when I say laying low, I mean laying in air conditioning. Uh, Wednesday, as for the uh, fourth itself, uh, a little baseball all day long. I'm sure I'll be doing that. I think uh, the kids have been invited to a uh, barbecue. And if that barbecue happens to have a pool, I could be convinced to tag along. Oh, that's not, that's not, a, bad, that's not a bad idea at all. So now I'm we are back. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I agree, George. I was trying to get everything done over here on this end myself. Also, 844-843-6879, telephone number, hour number two. Starting off the first hour, going over the FSTA experts draft and everything that has to do with that situation over there. Got into it. So I was watching the NFL Top 100, and it was showing a um, – they broke it down to one weekend where one of the top corners in the league – Xavier Rhodes was going up against his childhood buddy, been playing football against him down in Southern Florida since they were five years old in Antonio Brown. Now both of them standouts in the NFL. It was a play where Brown, I mean, Rhodes had went out, and Brown was like, listen, Rhodes is out the game. Let's immediately get into it. Let's immediately come to my side because we can make some damage over here with no Xavier Rhodes. Terrence Newman comes in to replace Xavier Rhodes. Terrence, uh, Antonio Brown says, what's going on, old man, to Terrence Newman? Terrence Newman's 39 years old. Xavier, uh, Antonio Brown says, what's going on, old man? Newman replies, what's going on, young man? So then Brown goes, wow, man, nothing but respect. You've been doing this for how long now, 15 years? He goes, yeah, 15 years. Then Newman goes, Trust me, you'll do it for longer than me. You're our generation's Jerry Rice. And I was like, you know what? That's the truth. Antonio Brown is the Jerry Rice of this generation. Would you agree with that? Oh, I mean, um, I mean Jerry Rice is the GOAT, right? He's, he's the greatest of all time. Uh, he's crazy because he's, he can still play at 55 years of age, which if you read ESPN the magazine, you'll see that he believes that. So he's drinking the Kool-Aid there. But uh, there are different types of wide receivers. I, mean, I have a hard so? time. Yeah, I mean, it's Brown's a little smaller, but uh, Rice a little bigger. Uh, and Brown is more explosive than really. I mean, when you think of I mean, Rice is a, was a really funny guy because he didn't really do anything great. He's not a great burner, a great speedster. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, the reason he fell in some drafts, his 40 times were never very good. But when he had the football in his hands, he was dynamic. And it, was, uh, it was amazing what he could do once he had the football in his hands, ran great routes. I think there are different types of receivers. Uh, is he this generation's? And he probably is because you think he is the greatest receiver. It's not, I don't even know if it's all that close where a guy would be number two here. So I guess in that way I would have to agree with you. But I think it, because I don't consider them the same type of wide receiver, that's why I'm having, a tro- uh, I'm having trouble getting my mind wrapped around that because they're not the same type of wide receiver. Yep, 844-843-6879. Let's get back into this, into this draft. I just thought that that was interesting to see that kind of talk because – you know, both players I do think has a long a longevity to them, and that's why you continue to see Antonio Brown year after year be taken so highly in fantasy football drafts. These people crazy. Um, Jordan Howard goes to end round two. How do you feel about Jordan Howard? Oh man, he killed me. Another guy who killed me last year. Uh, that being said, you know I, I'm not going to hold it against him. Okay, I'm not going to hold it against you, Jordan. Even though you you, you killed me last season, but uh, I already said Chicago they have a legitimate offense now, which I, which I think helps Howard. Because now teams have to respect the passing game. You have Allen Robinson. You know, you have Trey Burton as tight end. 
So I think now teams that, you can't just put eight men in the box and stop Howard and you know force Trubisky to hit. I mean, they had nobody at wide receiver last year. I mean, nobody. Kevin White was gone. Cam Meredith was gone with injuries. Not that Kevin White did anything special, but they had nobody there. So teams could just stock up, stop the run, and they they knew they you know Trubisky wasn't going to beat them through the air. That may not be the case this year. So um, I've convinced myself to get back on with Jordan Howard bandwagon. I actually think he's valued this year because he's falling to the end of the second round, top third round. And he's falling to that running back two category. Well, last year he was solidly in the running back one category. So I'm back on board, Corey. Yeah, there you go right there. I agree, too, because I like this offense a lot Um, this upcoming season with the Chicago Bears. So um, I think the whole team improves. I like Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson's the guy I'm really going to be in on, George. What about you? Uh, I mean, once again, coming back from the ACL, you know, he's pl- playing on a slower t- uh, slow turf there in Chicago for most of his games. Um, I'm probably not on him. Not, not sure I trust Trubisky there. Not to say I wouldn't draft him, but I, w- I won't be looking for him. If he's there, fine. But he's probably a guy who's going to have to prove it to me. Come back this year, new offense, new quarterback, slow turf, ACL. Too many negatives for me. Really? Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't. I mean, I don't think I was all over him in uh, Jacksonville either because of Bortles uh, much more than anything about him. Now with the injury, I'm going to need to see it first. I said I wouldn't stay away from him. The value's there. I will take him. But I have a feeling, and I don't have any draft so far, that you know his name comes up and it's right there. There'll be another wide receiver that I'll end up going towards because I'll have too many, uh, just too many concerns about him. Oh, uh, okay, I I can dig that. Larry Fitzgerald goes to start round number three. The old man Larry Fitzgerald continues to get it done. Uh situation's different this year. At some point, we think we will see a rookie quarterback, David John, a healthy David Johnson, back on the field. Where you at with Fitzgerald? And, and you, do you think third round is too high? Probably. Probably because we of the quarterback. We don't know. I mean, well, what, what do we do now? All right, Sam Bradford, I guess, is going to start right now. But, what, you know, if Rosen has, has a lot and lights out preseason, he should get the job, right? I mean, uh, Bradford's uh, at this point, you know what you're going to get. He's going to play a couple of games and get hurt. He can't last the whole season. So if Rosen outperforms and proves he's ready to start from week one, then he's ready to start from week one, you go with him. I don't care how much you're paying Bradford, which I think is $15 million. Uh, that being said, I do expect Bradford to at least start the season and they make a transition to Rosen at some point. I think this hurts Fitzgerald. I was surprised Fitzgerald came back, you know, since he was so close to retiring. This team's not going to win anything. You know, they're not going to the playoffs. They're not winning a Super Bowl. So a little surprised he came back. I might put let's start Fitzgerald as this, I guess, was he last generation's Jerry Rice? Uh, I guess as someone I have a lot of respect for Fitzgerald and what he's done. I'm not taking no the doubt. third round, though. Not taking even the third round. I just, what's the upside here? I mean, does anybody really see him getting 10 touchdowns? I can't see that. And I'm going to need someone, uh, I think, in round three that you think might get there. I think Arizona's a bad team, so they'll throw the ball a lot. But this offense is still built around David Johnson. It's not built around Larry Fitzgerald anymore. I would take him, but he's got the full further than round three for me. I agree with you on that. He has to be a wide receiver three for me. I think most of the time he's going to go in that range where you get him as a wide receiver two, depending on your roster construction. So, um, probably won't have many shares left for Gerald on my team. I haven't really done so in a, in a couple of years now. Listen, that sometimes it's backfired because the guy can catch 100 balls. Uh, up next is Juju Smith-Schuster. He goes with the second pick of the third round. I like a lot what Smith-Schuster did last year in his rookie season. I think he can come back and have a strong season again this year as a no-doubt number two target in that passing game as far as the wide receivers go. But as far as fantasy goes, Smith-Schuster has – the, uh, a Gronk type thing to him. People like him. Cool guy. Plays video games with fans. You know, has a big social media presence. You know, a jovial type guy, which makes people want to have him on their fantasy football teams, which make people pay for, over, overpay for him. I want to have him. I'm not going to overpay for him. Maybe you should lock up his bike too, right, man? Get a new lock on that bike. Yeah, so I know, stolen. right? And we have half of Pittsburgh looking for his bike. Maybe buy a car. You know, maybe by car. That might be a little bit know. easier. Get an Uber. You know, whatever whatever works for you. But uh, I, I do like him. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. He is, and he seems to be an easy guy to like. <laughs> a guy you may not want to or may not mind hanging out with, you know, having a beer, watching a game. He seems like that kind of guy. Uh, what I like about him is this. When you think Pittsburgh, when defenses think Pittsburgh, you're thinking Le'Veon Bell. You're thinking Antonio Brown. He's an afterthought. You can't cover everybody. You know you're worried about Brown, how great he is. You're worried about Bell and all the damage he can do. Smith-Schuster is seeing nothing but one-on-one coverage. You know, he's outlasted uh, Martavis Bright, outlasted Sammy Coates, outlasted everybody else. I like Smith-Schuster. 
once again, I'm not taking him in round three. You know, I don't, uh, because everything I just said, well, I think it's true, but still, all those balls are going to Bell and Brown. He's not going to be a focal point of the offense either. You know, so uh, I like him. I think he'll have some big games, but I think he'll also have some quiet games because Bell and Brown are getting the job done, and that's where the balls are going that day. But he's someone I would target. I'd like him as a wide receiver three, but I think at most times you're going to have to get him as a, a mid to low end wide receiver two. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's tough right there. I think that's tough. I just wish he had a better price. I think we um, all wish guys had a better price, but probably it's not always possible. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is why mo- ADPs and mocks are so important, by the way. Because everything we're saying is true. We, we want this guy as a wide receiver three. Well, you check his ADPs. You know, it's, if it's telling you, hey, it's not happening. He's going around three in, uh, you know, most drafts. Well, you're not going to get him as a wide receiver three. So you have to make that decision to yourself. All right. If I want him, it's either now or never. You know, I, I'm at, I have 310. 10th pick in the third round. My next pick is five picks later. I, I could get him there. But if I don't take him here or there, I'm not getting him in round five. You have to know that. So you need to make that decision. It's either now I take him or probably not getting him. How badly do you want the player? That's really what it comes down to a lot of these picks, guys, because we can all say we'd like these guys as a wide receiver three. Hell, I'd like him as a bench player. But, uh, you know, it's just not going to happen because everybody else is on him too. And like I said, that's where your ADPs come in. Your, mock, your mocks come in for me more if I want to see, like I said, I, I did a mock and I took uh, Gronkowski early just to see what my team would look at, would look like. I might do a mock and see what happens if I take Aaron Rodgers in round three. Just to see what my team would look like if I do something that I normally wouldn't do. And now that you bring it up, I, I know I'll do a mock now. You said bring this up earlier. Well, I'm going to take Antonio Brown if I have an early pick. Just as, If I just take Antonio Brown rather than one of those running backs, what does my team look like? Hmm, interesting. Might as well mock it out and see what happens. What I think, George, is I think the best way to go about this thing, really, I think we should do away with drafts and just go to auctions because in this way you can get your guy at your price. They're kind of be holding to where guys are in, in the draft. Auctions are by far the fairest. I don't, you can't argue that because you can't no longer say, oh, I didn't have a number one pick, so I couldn't get Bell, I couldn't get Gurley. Well, an auction, you can pay it, you get anybody you want. Hell, you get uh, probably two, uh, top two players you want. The rest of your team will suck, but you can get any two players you want. <laughs> uh, the, my problem with auctions is this. And you must have the same thing, Corey, because I know you play in a lot of leagues. I can't. I mean, it is, I guess this is more true for baseball also than football. But the man, auctions take, yeah, man, they take yeah. a long time. And if I'm playing in 10, 12 leagues and 10, 12 auctions, that's pretty much 10, 12 days. I have to, uh, you know, just dedicate to this. And uh, after a while, I try and do one auction. Although I'll admit, it's, I don't think I've done a football auction, Corey, in a long I've done them, but not in a long time. I just don't get invited to them, which I'm not complaining about, by the way. But uh, it's, they take a long time. It's, like I said, baseball, it's an, uh, you'll do baseball auctions that take over eight hours. It's like, what the hell? This is, this is I'm, now. I'm, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not ever I need a lunch break. A baseball auction. Yeah. Start doing these yeah, drafts yeah. in the bowl. Forget those breaks. Like you said, do, you do a lunch break. You know, it's, it's, it's just too much. Auctions are fair, but I, for the majority of my leagues, I'll be doing uh, snake drafts. You know, but let me ask you one thing about it. I know we're getting a little off target here. In, in uh, snake drafts, are you a fan of the third round reversal? Uh, no. I, 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 listen, I don't think there's no one player that's that dynamic that can win you a league by yourself. I think we saw Gurley get hot down the stretch last year. But even with that being said, Gurley averaged, what, around 26 fantasy points a game on the season in PPR. In Ladalian Tomlinson's best season, Ladalian Tomlinson is the reason why we had the third round reversal because teams that had Tomlinson were almost guaranteed a championship. That's how dominant Tomlinson was. In Tomlinson's best season, he averaged 30 fantasy points a game. And Todd Gurley was excellent last year. If you had Gurley, you won your league. He averaged 26 fantasy points a game. That four points is a big difference. I think the third round reversals are relevant in today's fantasy football. Now, I like what Jake says about the 14-team leagues. Maybe you do so in a 14-team league. This is a 14-team league, so it does make it a little bit more relevant. But I don't see where it's that much of an advantage having the number one pick in the draft. I don't. Not in today's fantasy football. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it either way. I, uh, I it's, it's pretty much the way I am with most rules. As long as I know it, I really don't care. As long as everybody's got to play by it, they know it, about it beforehand. Uh, rules are fine. I, it's not something I would fight for. If someone put it up for yeah. a vote, 
I guess that's where it comes down to. Someone put it up for a vote, uh, and I didn't know where my pick was. If I knew where my pick was, obviously that would change things. But if I didn't know where my pick was, I'd probably vote for it. But truth is, I could be lobbied either way if someone explained it. I do agree with you. I don't think there's any one great player, even though I got girlied twice last year in the finals. That cost me two leagues. Uh, but I don't think there's any one great player you're worried about. LT, Emmett Smith back in the day, the Darren, Jerry Rice back in the 80s. Uh, so, like I said, I, uh, I, think I, the re- I think the reason sometimes that I would vote for it is just for a change. <laughs> so it looks a little different in the draft, which I know is not the reason you should vote for it. But uh, I think that's the I don't uh, Like you, I don't see any big reason to do it. I wouldn't get up on a soapbox. Yeah, and that's my thing about it. Uh, our boy Matt Medica thinks that every fantasy football league should be like that, third round reversal. Even the Yahoo and the ESPN league. A lot of those fantasy football novices that play in those 10-team leagues and stuff like that, they would stop playing if they had to do third round reversal every week. Well, a lot of cases, people don't like change. And you start talking change people, they get all thrown into a tizzy and they don't know what's going on here. So and I, my brother's like that, for the commissioner of our league. He hates any kind of change. Any kind of, when any kind of new vote comes up, he, I think he's going to lose more hair. <laughs> okay, hold on. Go sit down. All right, so who we got coming up off the board next, George? I kind of lost track of what we're doing here um, with the parenting going on and all of that. What's that? that angle, young angle, did you just give me a cue just now? Yes, I did. Sean Engel downstairs on the fantasy uh, floor of misery. What was that cue? How many? How much seconds we got left to the break? Uh, forty now. Oh, we got forty seconds to the break, George. Really, no reason to get into anything right now. Probably just wait till the next segment. Yeah, Mr. Engel, what, what's your favorite uh, football team, uh, Mr. Engel? I know your, your dad's a big Hawks fan. We like to give him grief. What, what's your favorite team? I'm Green Bay, man. Yep. What the hell? One likes Seattle. One likes Green Bay. How does this work out? I don't think Engel's the biggest football, the, the bigger, the biggest football fan. Though I think NASCAR is more his sport. I do know that. Yes, I, I remember all the, the nine thousand commercials he did, though, which were, by the way, they're pretty good. No uh, doubt about Green, it. Green Bay, Green Bay. Yep, Green Bay Packers. When we come back on the other side, we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, not the Green Bay Packers, the fancy football frenzy. On- did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Weekend edition. Happy holidays to everybody out there. Getting ready for fantasy football 2018. Um, third round in the FSTA draft. We're talking with my man George Kirsch, fantasy executive here. Where you at on Joe Mixon this year? He goes in the third round of most drafts. Man, he was a big disappointment last year. Big disappointment last year, Joe Mixon. He was. If you had Joe, if you if you if you if you had Joe Mixon, that that team didn't make the playoffs. Uh, you may be right about that. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, always fun Sorry. to remind me. Failures. But, uh, <laughs> but it was weird, right? Because uh, Marvin Lewis wouldn't use him last year. He wanted him to, I guess, prove himself, which generally you don't see in the NFL. Either you can play or you can't play. But he wanted sort of him to prove that he, could, uh, that he deserved the job, which is just strange, starting Jeremy Hill over him over and over again. I don't think, a lot of, I don't think all of it was Mixon's fault. The offensive line was poor, to put it nicely. Andy Dalton Horrible. played yeah. poor. You know, and that didn't help. To put it nicely. Stop the run. Yeah, so I think things are a little better. Not immensely better. You know, it's not like the Giants, where I think they've gotten immensely better on the offensive line. I don't think so with the Bengals. They've gotten better, but not immensely better. I still don't trust Andy Dalton. You, know, you still only have A.J. Green. That's really a true threat other than a possible running game there. So I like Mixon, but he's clearly in the running back two, low-end running back two category. Is there some upside? Sure. 
to maybe a high-end running back two. He's, I don't think he'll ever be a running back one, not as this team is currently constituted. His value is higher because every running back with a pulse his value is higher because we need running backs. I think uh, Mixon could get some touchdowns. He's a big guy, but I don't see a huge season coming. So I think his, you know, his his floor I think is okay, but the upside's limited here, and that's always going to hurt me as far as taking him. I'll still draft him again because I'll draft any running back, but I don't love him. I'm not I'm not looking to get him, Corey. I'd be floored if he was on any of my teams. Put it like that. I'd be you, I if he's on one of my teams, that means somebody else drafted my team or I went on auto-pick for a round. <laughs> I lost my connection and went on auto-pick. That's the worst feeling, by the way. When you're doing a it draft and, you go, and your, your connection goes out, man, there's, there's nothing that ticks me off more than that. Oh, the computers were working fine for 88 straight days. Though in the three hours I have a draft that goes out four times. I want to rip. Oh, it makes me angry. Sucks. I'm not worried about it. But the guy that goes next, though, is a player I do like, and I do plan on having some shares of this year. That is Denver Bronco wide receiver Demarius Thomas. I like the new quarterback in Case Keenum. I don't think he's going to be John Elway or Peyton Manning, but I think he'll be sufficient, better than what they had the past couple years. I think, you know, Thomas is getting older. I still like the talent on Thomas a lot. I still like the opportunity that he has as number one wide receiver on that team. You can give me Demarius Thomas as a wide receiver two or three. I'm jump, I'll jump on that. Yeah, uh, I'm on uh, Demarius Thomas as well. Uh, listen, Demarius, he is what he is. I like the offense all around. I like Emmanuel Sanders a couple of rounds later on the other side, too. I think we're sort of forgetting about him in drafts for whatever reason that might be. I, I'm not in love with Case Keenum, by the way, you know, uh, but I do wonder this. Man, all of a sudden you get these quarterbacks away from Jeff Fisher. Goff has developed. Keenum developed. It's either one hell of a coincidence or, man, Fisher does keep these guys down. So, uh, good for him. He, he, it's, I mean, like I said, it's a coincidence or any way you want to read it. But these guys have developed away from uh, Fisher. He had a very good year last year. Has a similar offense in Denver, right? Two good wide receivers, Thomas, Sanders. You can make an argument they're better than Diggs and Thielen. Uh, you're missing the tight end. You know, you don't have Kyle Rudolph uh, there. So that I guess that could be a problem there. The running game is also somewhat of a question mark in uh, Denver. So I think there may be some more pressure on Keenum to get it done. But then again, maybe not because the defense should be good. So they, they don't need him to score 30 points a game here. Bottom line is I like Demarius Thomas too. Wide receiver too for me. Uh, if he's there, I'm, I'm not shying away from him at all. And I already said it. I like Emmanuel Sanders. You can get him round six, round seven. I like that probably more than where I, I like where you can get Demarius Thomas. I agree with you 100% on that one. The Emmanuel Sanders is the biggest is the biggest. The Emmanuel Sanders ADP is one of the biggest jokes in, the, in 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 fantasy drafts right now. That should go up if it doesn't. That's a steal right there. He's going to be a guy that you you can have him on your bench. You can pop him in your flex and you could have a player like that through the bye weeks and the PPR give you double digit points. It's about each and every week out. He's a, he's going to be a tremendous steal and a good value. Um another good value goes next in the draft and that's TY Hilton. George, six weeks from now, Andrew Luck is under center in a preseason game throwing passes. How high does T.Y. Hilton jump? All right. Uh, I do think Luck is going to be ready for week one. I know he's not throwing with Duke yet. He's still throwing the, uh, the college ball. But I think by the time week one comes along, he's fine. He's playing. Uh, in that mock draft I did, uh, I took T.Y. Hilton because of, I believe this. Uh, I think T.Y. Hilton becomes a top 10 wide receiver once uh, Luck does play. Can we? Can I guarantee 16 games from Luck? No, but I can't guarantee 16 games pretty much from any quarterback, maybe other than Eli Manning. No, He's only, right? These guys all get hurt, but so I'm not going to shy away because of that. I wouldn't draft Luck. You know, I I, I wouldn't draft Luck, not in a one quarterback league, but I would draft Hilton. I, I think he's going to be fine. Hilton was pretty good even with Percent last year. When Luck's back, I think he, he had go back to normal. He here. had big game. He had big games. Yeah, he was a, a better best ball play. What do you think about it? Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, the bottom line is I think, I think Hilton T.Y. goes back to being the receiver he used to be. I think he becomes valuable, and I'm, he's somebody I might – I think as we, we, we go along here, Corey, you know, we're in July now and August, he's someone I'm going to be targeting more and more. I would put him ahead of A.J. Green and Mike Evans. Oh, I might – oh, man, I, can I put him ahead of Mike Evans right now even with – I can probably get – I, I think I can get along on board with you with that. You know, I didn't. I never thought about that, but with Winston uh, gone, and I, like I already said, I don't know if he's going to be great when he comes back in week four. And now you think about Dalton, who I can't stand. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I might be able to get on board with that. The thing about it is where it gets tricky is are you going to have to pay that price for him? That's where it gets tricky because I think that's where he should be ranked. 
I think he'll finish. I think he can finish inside the top ten easily. Maybe inside the top five with a healthy Andrew Luck all season. The problem is, the rest of your league mates could not think that, so he could still be sitting out there third round. But if you like him, do you like him enough to take him and to take that gamble in the second? That's where it becomes tricky with T.Y. Hilton. I think he's a guy, Corey. Depending on where I go in the third, you know, if I was in that uh, that two ten spot. I'm probably not taking Hilton. I'll take a chance that he's going to be there in five picks. I can get him at 2-3. Okay. But if I'm at 2-8, you know, that's a little different. Now you're talking nine picks you know, where he might go. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, it sounds silly, but you wouldn't take him at 2 but you might at 2-8. It's just playing the math game. But it's game the truth. Here. It's the truth. Yeah, it's, it's the truth. And that's, and that's the thing with Hilton. You've got to play the math game. Because uh, I, I, I like, I like I love the talent. I like the fact that Luck's coming back. They're still not a very great team. They've got to throw the ball a bunch here. Uh, he's someone I do want. I, I do. I seems like I have him always on a bunch of teams. I guess I uh, just like the offense. See, so someone I do want that I might reach for. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Fantasy football frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Going through this draft. Uh, up next, the uh, the FSTA experts draft. Next couple of running backs to go off the board are Alex Collins and Derrick Henry. Alex Collins is a tough guy to get a gauge on. Uh, ran well last year, George. Ran very well. I didn't own him nowhere. I, I have a rule to I avoid Baltimore running backs. I wish I did own him in some spots because I could have surely, I surely could have used him. What do you think of him? And are you going to be involved this year? I mean, I did own him in a spot or two. Let's pick him, pick him up during the year. Yeah, so he was a pickup nice. for me. Uh, he once the hardwood trusted him inside the red zone. He became valuable. In the beginning of the year, first four, six games, he fumbled the ball a couple of times. And that pretty much sat him on the bench there. When, when they got the ball in the red zone, can't put the ball on the carpet. That's just the way it is. So, yes, I'm um, somewhat interested. But, man, the Baltimore offense is just, ugh. You know, when's Lamar Jackson taking over? You know, I really have to exactly. think this is sooner than later. I, I, I believe it's sooner than later. When he does, he may be another Cam Newton as far as stealing touchdowns. You know, because he can run the ball. He's an athlete. Uh so that concerns me. Javarius Allen could do a little, a little bit of everything, sort of like Tariq Cohen in Chicago. So he's going to take away some touch here. And you could even argue he's a more dynamic player than Collins. Kenneth Dixon, I know they've said that he's strictly the backup. That's fine. Whatever you say in July is one thing. What happens in August, September, and once the games account is something completely different here. So I'm not sure if I trust that, what, what they're saying there. So I, I said I have interest, Corey. Once again, any running back with a pulse, if Corey Parson is playing in the NFL, I have to think about drafting you. Because there's just not enough to go around. But I think most people will have higher hopes for him than I will. So he won't be there when I'm comfortable taking him. I don't expect to have him on any teams. Yeah, and I, and I can agree with you on, on, on that one. I like the kid. I like the talent. I like the player. You just don't know what Baltimore is going to be this year, which makes it so tough. Like, is there anybody? Do you like anybody on Baltimore? I, I like Jackson, late-round flyer. Do you like anybody? Anybody, I mean, you look at Bull, I mean, Flacco, as a, no, as Jackson. A, as, as, as a starter on your fantasy team. I mean, I, if I'm playing in a super flex or a two-quarterback league, I could draft Jackson late. Just, uh, you know, somebody cover some bye, get some points out of that. Uh, no, the running backs, Crayatree, Brown, Sneed, no, no. <laughs> no, I just don't. Uh, I do like what they did in the draft. They're drafting some tight ends, but I'm not drafting those guys this year. If you force me to take somebody, man. I really wish you wouldn't force me to take anybody, Corey. But uh, I guess it would be if I – I mean, I'm struggling here to take anybody here. It probably would be Lamar Jackson around 14, just to cover myself a quarterback yeah. in those two quarterback leagues. Other than that, they, it's better. It's a better office than we've seen. At least they're making an attempt to improve the, uh, the wide receivers. Crabtree, Brown, Snead, you put in three uh, new wide receivers. You try to sign Dez. Uh, maybe that happens again. Uh, but other than that, I, this, this seems to me to be a team that's put together – like a, uh, a jigsaw puzzle you're trying to put together real quick, but the, not all the pieces fit. Yeah, I think one of the things about this is this situation. Um, It can get so ugly here because the Flacco and Jackson thing, I think Flacco doesn't like it at all. I think he can become a cancer. The running back situation, you, the Jake Seeley always says, the Baltimore running back that you don't expect to have the job normally ends up being the Baltimore running back with the job. Take that into consideration also. Um, the Michael Crabtree stuff, listen, is Crabtree going to be satisfied 
catching a whole bunch of five, six-yard passes from Joe Flacco. John Hart, the Harbaugh story, is out there too. He's probably on the hot seat. But then again, this guy's not a bad coach. The team could very well be in the playoffs. It's just so many pieces pulling you in so many different directions. One thing I will say is I do like Crabtree as a bench player. I, uh, I So do I. I wouldn't mind Crabtree as a bench player as well. He was the guy, if I was going to pick a second choice, would be him. And listen, I do have some interest in Collins as well because, you know, running backs. Uh, but I don't see if I – you see big seasons of any of these guys. That's my problem here. And once that transition is made from Flacco to Mayfield, which is going to happen at some point, we just don't know when. Jackson. I think it should be earlier. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, Lamar Jackson. I think it should be earlier in the season. Because this is the way I always, if I'm running an NFL team, this is the way I, I always look at it. Especially with young quarterbacks. I want to get that first year, the, the, you know, the blues, the mistakes he's going to make, the rookie uh, errors out of the way as soon as possible. The, uh, the Ravens aren't going anywhere this year, no matter what they do. You know, so I might as well get it out of the, uh, you know, get it out of the way early. Let him play at least ten games this year. You don't owe Flacco any more money. No more guaranteed money for Flacco. So it's not going to hurt you to go to or start that transition as soon as possible. It's it always comes down to when I believe the quarterback is ready. You know, is he ready to start from week one or is it going to take from week four, week eight? When's the buy? That always seems to be that popular time we like to switch quarterbacks here. Maybe that's the time when you get that extra two and a half, three weeks of practice. But uh, that's what's worrying about me here. You know, when, when that transition does happen, does everybody take a hit? You know, exactly. I, I just and I, I don't I don't I don't like this offense to begin with. And so it's uh, I odds are if I play on ten teams, I may have a, two Baltimore Raven players total on all these teams. That lets you know how much I, I can feel agree about with the offense. I can agree with you 100 percent 100 percent on that one. Then again, this team could be in the AFC Championship game. You just never know with Baltimore. They're just that they just that helped Skelter. Um, Zach Ertz. Uh, is the second player to go off the board in round number four of this draft. Zach Ertz is a tight end I like. And I think he'll be involved. I like him more than I like Kelsey. Hell, I like him more than I like Gronk. Am I going to pay fourth round? I'm going to be more likely to pay fourth round for, for Ertz than I would be to pay third round for Kelsey or Gronk. I probably wouldn't do it. If I ever see Ertz laying around in the fifth, I'm jumping on it. That's exactly where I am. I said, I don't take, uh, and I say this, anybody, I always say this about quarterbacks. I don't take quarterbacks around three. But if they, uh, you know, if Aaron Rodgers is around around five, okay. Now the value is too good to pass up. It's the same thing with the tight ends. You know, I'm not, I'm not taking Gronkowski in round two. But if he's there in round four, come talk to me. And Ertz, Kelsey, if they're there in round five, you're going to have to come talk to me. I'd rather have Ertz over Kelsey as well because, uh, once again, just the uh, change of quarterback. What if Mahomes and Kelsey don't have a hookup? They don't have the chemistry there. You know, you know, I think they do, mind you, but what if they don't? You know, why do I want to yeah. spend a round for an early pick on him? So I have Kurtz ranked higher. But I'll tell you, a tight end I really like, that I know I can get a, a round or two after these guys, is Evan Ingram. I'm going to be big on Ingram this year. You don't think it's enough? You don't, you don't think it's too many moving pieces with the offense now with Barkley and Beckham back? To, to, and, you know, you still got Sterling Shepard in the mix. I would, I would rank Evan higher than Shepard. Uh, Ingram higher than Shepard on the pecking order, but you'd think you know for where for where he's going in that really fifth sixth round range, you don't think for as a third option that's too high. Well, I don't think I'm going to have him on many leagues because I think what's going to happen is okay. Kelsey are going to go in round four and then Ingram's going around five. But if I, if Ingram could slip, which I think he has the better chance of slipping than these other guys, not not quite as big a name player. If I can get him at round six. You know, top round seven, that's where I'm going to look for Ingram. And you make a valid point. We know uh, Beckham's going to get his touches, and he's the number one guy there, and Manning knows he was going to throw to him. We know that. Barkley is going to run the ball 20, 20 touches a game, somewhere around there. So uh, it's, it's a valid question. Is there enough balls to go around? My thing is, I think come the end zone, come the red zone, Ingram might be that number one target there. Yeah, I know Beckham's good at uh, that as well, but I think Ingram's right there with them, assuming the ball's not at the one-yard line. If it's at the one, we know Barkley's getting that over and over and over again. Yeah, no doubt. That, and that should be uh, Barkley's role, and I, I can't wait to see the young man on the field. Listen, I'm in on Ingram, too. I like him. I think he's a good young player. I definitely was targeting him until I saw where his ADP was at this year, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to drop down off that a little bit. Um. Devin Funches also goes in round five of this draft. I think Funches could be a steal of this draft. Also, um, outside of McCaffrey, I think Funches could have a ton of targets, probably lead the Carolina Panthers in, in targets. You can get him as a wide receiver three or wide receiver four. I think that's an excellent look right there. Devin Funches is a guy I'm going to be heavily invested in, George. 
Devin Funches. Uh, I do have him in a dynasty league, so I know I got him in one league already. I, I Once again, where's the upside coming here? He's not a burner. Yeah, he's not someone who's going to blast down the, the sideline and blow past the other secondary. He's not that kind of guy. Uh, he's got a large wingspan, which is good because Newton's not very accurate. So he needs to be able to co- you know, catch those passes that aren't quite there for him. I just don't see much upside here. You know, I don't mind the player. And I think touchdowns could be a thing here because that's, that's what you need here as well. But I don't trust Cam Newton getting him the ball consistently. You, know, you need probably eight touchdowns out of him. I think that's a lot to ask for here. I don't hate him, but uh, another guy. I've already got him in one league. I don't think I'm going to talk to him in many more than that. Interesting. Okay. All right. Cool. A little bit of disagreement on that one right there. I like him a lot. Um, let me come back on the other side, talk about some wide receivers that may have let you down last season, but you know what you think about them for this year. Get ready to put the bow to it. Special holiday edition of the Fantasy Football Frenzy right there on FNTSY Radio. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Young Angle, lose the uh, tone low from the playlist. Um, we can do it without <laughs> bust the groove from tone low. This year's a cheer for all the fellas. Try to do one of those ladies' <laughs> Get shot down because yes. you're over. <laughs> as a, a Young Angle, as a, as, take this as a rule. Any rap song that George Kurtz knows lyrics to, <laughs> <laughs> lose it. <laughs> he lose may have a point there, Mr. Angle. He may have a point. <laughs> All right, duly Shout noted. Out Angle. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Young Angle down there holding us down on the uh, holiday weekend, however you look at it, but definitely having a good time here, talking a little fantasy football recap on the FSTA draft. Um... A lot of people judge high on Jimmy Garoppolo, so the question becomes, well, how, how are you on Pierre Garçon? I am on Garçon. Uh, I think somebody uh, in, in this mock, it's funny. Even when I do mocks, I get mad when I don't get players sometimes. And I had him yeah. selected. He's all on my list, and then he went two bits before me, and I was, I was angry because uh, he was somebody I wanted, somebody that I think people are forgetting about because he missed most of last season. Sometimes people just go by stats from last season, and the guys who get hurt, they don't have the stats, so they're uh, way down on the rankings here. That's why you need, uh, you need a fresh set of rankings, not stats from last year. I, 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 might have, I mean, if you don't play devil's advocate, sure, I may have some things. Well, you know, he's never played with Garoppolo. Maybe there's not chemistry there. I, I don't really buy that here. I think it's a, uh, a good, solid offense. Uh, Garoppolo is going to lose a game. Breaking news here. He is going to lose a game this year. He's not going to go 16-0. At some point. But yes. At some point. Maybe week one. You know, but uh, I like what he's uh, – I don't think he's a world beater, by the way. Garoppolo is going to be you know, the next big thing. But I think he's a good, solid quarterback there. I, I'm not as big on McKinnon as some people where he's a god as well. But I think it's, it's a legitimate running game. I think the passing game will be better. I do still wonder, though, if this is where Dez ends up at some point to get them that big sort of uh, possession receiver they could use here. Garcon is sort of like that as well. But uh, I think, I think they're a little, little different types of receivers here. My only worry is this. When you look at the San Fran receiving core, man, it's a little thin there, Corey. I mean, when Garcon's the headline, I mean, Goodwin, Trent Taylor, I mean, uh, what if the, the team's just going to gear up to stop Garcon, put the number one cornerback on him uh, game after game? That could slow him down somewhat. But it, it didn't last year when he was playing. So I have bottom line is I have faith here, but I have some worry as well. I worry about how much you're going to get out of him. I think as a player that's getting a little bit longer in the tooth, I think he's not going to give you a full 16 games. I think when he's out there, he'll be solid. The thing about the San Francisco 49ers offense is not so much the pros and the Joes. It's more about the X's and the O's, and that's where Kyle Shanahan comes into play, and that's where the love for Jerick McKinnon, Jimmy Garoppolo, and some of these guys come into play is that because we know that Kyle Shanahan is a fantasy-friendly offensive mind. 
He is, right? Especially with the running backs, everyone assumes he's going to uh, pretty much convert any running back into uh, the next big thing here. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it with McKinnon. I think McKinnon's a nice pick. You know, mid-range running back, too. No problems there. But some people think he's going to be, like I said, he's going to win them fantasy leagues. I don't know if I see that. He can knock on a, he can knock on an RB1 door. I can see him knocking on an RB1 door. I just don't want to pay that price. Like, I want that to be a secret. It's not a secret. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um... I wonder. I wonder if Kyle Shanahan uh, can walk around freely in the city of Atlanta. Uh, well, it's, it's the offensive coordinator. Maybe they don't. A lot of people don't know what he looks like. You know, Maybe, I would yeah. think no. I mean, uh, no, because of what happened in the Super Bowl there. Uh, you I'm don't gonna, think they forget? You don't think? You don't think it's forgive and forget? No, people can't listen. They haven't even forgiven what's going on in Seattle, and they won a Super Bowl. Atlanta hasn't, you know, then it wasn't coming up back to back. Well, we got one, now we screwed up the other. Seattle, they can't forgive him. They won one. So, you know, maybe it's a little different Atlanta here, but uh, no, I don't think they've forgiven him. Uh, no, I don't think they've forgiven him at all. I think they, I think he, they had some choice words for him. Wow. Yeah, no forgiving. Oh, come on, like you would forgive him if this was your team? I haven't forgiven, I don't forgive Cleveland at all, George. You know what I'm saying? I still, I have, Roger Goodell is always going to be on my sugar honey iced tea list. Oh, because of uh, Elliot? Yeah. You know, I th- you know it's funny. I think, uh, I, I think what happened last year with Elliot was wrong, mind you. And I think the NFL's policy is wrong. Uh, but that being said, I think uh, Goodell catches a lot, of, a lot of crap that people don't really, you're, we're all yelling at Goodell when the people you should be yelling at are the owners. You know, all Goodell does is what the owners tell him to do. And the idea is, and why Goodell gets paid so much is really because the owners don't want to hear the crap that we're all yelling at Goodell. They don't want people picketing in front of Jerry Jones' office or Daniel Snyder or Bob Kraft. They don't want that. So Goodell is, is, is the lightning rod. That's what he's paid for. So we all yell at him. But all he's doing is saying what the owners want. You know, the suspensions are a little the, different. Yeah, but because it, that's I, the, I just find that funny. With the suspensions, that's when the end. See, that's the Goodell thing with, with really when Goodell gets into the investigative where the NFL becomes like the 51st state, that type of – when the NFL takes on this legislative branch where it's judge, jury, and executioner, that's not so much the onus. That's more Goodell right there. And there's not cons- and he's not consistent with it as we see with this Jameis Winston thing. That's the problem yeah, right there. He's certainly not consistent. I don't think, I don't think anybody can yeah. argue with that. My God, is he not con- – I'm probably more of the belief, Corey, where you know, I don't think I'm suspending anybody until it goes through the court system. Exactly. I don't think I can do that. Yeah. But but I also understand he. But but think of all the pressure he's faced. If you if you go by that, then Ray Rice gets nothing. Court didn't do anything. And that's the and that's the problem also, where it becomes so now you so now it's like you're chasing ghosts. You're trying to make up for mistakes of the past. I I I also believe. Listen, I I don't think if I was if I'm commissioner, I I'm probably letting the court do do its thing. You know, before I could do anything. I think that's the way I would uh, work it out in most, most cases. But I understand that's not perfect either. So I also believe that either way he's dead. He's going to catch it no matter what he does. But I, I, you know, and I think the union has some issues as well here. Uh, I think uh, it's hard, especially in this day and age, because so much stuff is, comes out immediately. And it's on film. I mean, how would you feel, you know, you saw a player do whatever, you know, knock somebody out, knock his, uh, his girlfriend, wife out. Do we still wait for it to go through the court system, even though we, we can all see yeah. it? But you exactly. know, so that, that's and how do you write that up? You're not you're not going to be able to cover every situation, you know. But we're going to put something vague, unless the evidence is overwhelming. What does that mean? What's overwhelming to you may not be overwhelming to me, you know. So I, I, there's a lot of problems in this day and age because of everything that's out there that happens, and all these special interest groups. Everyone gets angry no matter what you do. Yeah, and that's what I said. It's like you're, you're chasing those ghosts, but the, the NFL is not in the law enforcement business. That's not what they're there for. So situations like that is where Roger Goodell gets himself in trouble. Now, situations like the National Anthem, that's more something that's concocted by the owners, and Goodell has to be the face of it. You see what I mean? And that's the owners who kind of haven't – the owners should have got on top of this last year. They should have put a stop to it last year. If, that, if it was that serious of a deal, they should have put it into it last year. Should it, and, and another thing with the NFL, every rule you make, every announcement you make, everything you put into place, you don't need a press release. It, everything does not have to go to the media. Oh, this is the rule. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, uh, so they, they, they fan the flames. 
you know, you most everything, most everything is in a news cycle, and it, go, it goes away. There's always another breaking story here. What, what is your feeling about the protest? I don't think you know I've ever talked about this. What is your feeling about the protest? Do you like them? Don't like them? Don't care? My thing is, I, I you know, I, I definitely know and understand and feel why it's being done. You have no greater platform than you do on a Sunday on a Sunday morning on the NFL sideline, and you're never going to have that opportunity again when you're not when you're not a player. So no, I, I definitely am a, I'm a fan of Colin Kaepernick, and I support. But by the same token, it's time to get back to football. See, I don't have um, I don't like the players sitting. I mean, I mind uh-huh. that is disrespectful. But kneeling or putting your hand in the air, the fist in the air, I have no problem with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. actually, I think the guys who uh, put their heads down with the hand in the air, I think that's fine. You know, I, I, yeah. And the kneeling, I don't have a problem with the kneeling either. You know, I think that's well, fine. You're, you're paying was, respect. You're paying respect it's, with the kneeling. You are. Right. You are. So uh, why we uh, – once again, I think where we, we look for problems where problems maybe aren't there. You know, I think the bigger argument go. for me is, well, we, we, you know, you and I, could we do this in, in the office? You know, on company time? Probably not. You know, we're on, we're on company time. That's where the argument comes in. These players are on company time. They're on the field. They, this is what their job is. So I think that's where the argument comes in here. Because personally, like I said, I believe in freedom. And I don't, I don't mind yeah. expression, especially uh, yeah. n- nonviolent expression. I don't mind that at all. Exactly. That's what this country is exactly. built on. But, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, you and I couldn't do it at work. I can't just go, hey, Mike, I'm going to put my, you know, do this for in the first three minutes of the show here. You know, I don't think he'd yeah. be very appreciative that he'd be right. You know, so I think that's where it comes into it for me. Um, I had a I had a classmate, and this is year, I mean years ago. This guy was ahead of his time in the sixth grade. He would not um stand up for the national anthem. We were in the sixth grade, and when they and when we had to stand up and do the not the national anthem, the pledge of allegiance, the pledge of allegiance to the flag, he would not stand up. God, I remember doing that. Yeah. You and I, I know it's getting all the time. <laughs> you and I are the same age, Corey. When you were in school, yep. did you have to do bomb drills? We did all of that stuff, yeah. No, yeah, we did not we did. do bomb drills. We, we did well, the fire drills. No, we, we actually <laughs> did bomb drills back when I was in school. You know, we, we, they really? would take us, and this is kind of stupid, by the way. They would take us out into the hallway. You know, you put your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye, pretty much. You know, I was like, really? Yeah. This is going to save my life going out in the hallway? Yeah, five feet from the classroom? <laughs> now I'm okay? I, mean, I always found that silly back in the 70s. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, I, remember, I, forgot, I had forgotten about that for so long because somebody brought that up. But, yeah, we did bomb drills back in the 70s. We used to have the fire drills where we would put out, we would put, we would, uh, you know, stand up, single file, go get our yeah, coat yeah. if it was that time of year, go out, stand up, stand outside, watch the school burn down, and then, and then, and then come back <laughs> in the <bed. laughs> Have a couple of marshmallows, maybe some s'mores. Yeah, school, <laughs> yeah. no school today. Yeah, no school today. Watch the school burn down and then come back in the building. And then, um, you know, and then, then, oh, and then after that, the rest of the day was an absolute disaster. If you're a teacher after the fire drill, you can kind of forget about it because you have nobody's attention. Um, you went to you went to school in Nassau County. Yes, yes, I went to uh, okay. old Nassau County, back out in the uh, Suwannee High School District. Okay, right. What high school was that? Suwannee was the high school. That's where Vinny Testaverde went, by the way. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Vinny Testaverde. I, gradu- so- I graduated with his sister, actually. Okay. Vinny Interceptiverdi. Vinny Interceptiverdi, yeah. He, play, he played, uh, actually lived a few miles from me and uh, met him a couple of times. Actually, he's a huge man, by the way. My God. Crazy, mean, everyone's right? huge to me. Um, yeah, he's, he's big. What about um, Boomer Esiason? Uh, he's not, I think he's from Islip, so that's actually uh, Suffolk okay. County. Uh, and he's on the South Shore. Never met Boomer. <laughs> but. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's out here as well, and now he, but he does the the morning show with uh, who's he doing with now? Gio, Greg Giannotti. Greg Giannotti, yeah. They get on yeah. Boomer because Boomer's a hockey guy, so I, I'm with you, Boomer. But they get on and say no one cares about hockey, and you know, sad. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it is. Sad, and then, uh, you know, sad. Well, yeah. well, we kind of you know we we all know how that story played out, so <laughs> you know, hopefully, hopefully it continues to play out. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, there you go right there. All right, what do we got next? What, are you back in on Julian? What if Julian Edelman gets that suspension down to two games? What are you doing with Julian Edelman? Well, that, that hearing's tomorrow. And this is interesting, right, because he tested for an unknown substance. What the hell does that mean? I mean, because they haven't specified it. Does unknown mean it's an unknown illegal substance or is it just unknown? Was he putting wood fibers into his system? I mean, what the hell is it? So and I, don't, I don't mean that as a joke. I mean, seriously, what... Is yeah. it an unknown illegal substance, or is it just unknown? I mean, could it be something that just 
that's per- perfectly legal, perfectly fine, but they, uh, they didn't pick it up. I think Edwin's problem is this. They, they have, we all know what the policy says. You are responsible for any, anything and everything put into your body. And if I, I wonder if it's not on the legal substance, then it's automatically illegal. It doesn't matter what it is. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? And we all know the legal stuff. Everything else is considered illegal. So I think that's going to be uh, an issue for him. To pro- that's going to be tough to prove. From what I've heard, he's going to try and prove the old, uh, you know, the evidence wasn't handled correctly. And everyone says that's next to impossible. You know, unless yeah. you're smoking unless gun you're, day, you're not going to be able to prove that. So, unless you're Ryan Braun. Yeah, I, that's the first thing that went through my head. You know, the poor FedEx guy, he got fired. Uh, way to go, yeah. Ryan. Uh, you wonder why your yeah. body's breaking down now. But um, Good for you. I think Karma. Definitely, definitely karma. In the mock draft, I just took Edelman. I got him in uh, the 99th pick overall. So I think it was round nine. And I was targeting him. You know, because the way I look at it, he's not one of my starters. He's a reserve for me. I already have my three uh, starting wide receivers. I can wait till week five. Now, I'm okay. He'll be back to right. the bye weeks at the very least. I'm okay with that. So he's somebody I was targeting. Thought about him in round eight. But I got him in round nine. Got him around later. I'm very happy with that. All right, um, hold on one second, George. You can start the don't go go start getting yourself together. The show's almost <laughs> over, Kennedy. She's like, "Are we done yet?" <laughs> so we can get out this house. <laughs> you want to get out? It's hot can. outside, Kennedy. It's like a, like a thousand degrees out. I want nothing to do with outside today, man. I, I want listen, nothing I can, to do with outside, George. If it was just me, I would take I would take these headphones off when this show was over, and I would lay down and I underneath this air. And but next time you hear from me, it'll be night outside. But I cannot do that today. We have to find some place with some water activities. So that's what we got on the fantasy executive docket for the rest of the evening. And also got to obviously get some other stuff done as we get closer to the fantasy football season. Got the big mock draft coming up in Studio 34. So um, that's going to be fun. Let me ask you this: Tevin Coleman or Chris Thompson? Coleman. Give me Coleman because I don't think Freeman's going to play all 16 games. I think those concussions uh, come around again. I think Coleman. I think Coleman's a pick anyway. But I think the fact that yeah, the concussion no is going to come around for Freeman, he gets a couple of starts out of this. Maybe more than a couple of starts. So higher upside for Coleman. This is not a knock on Thompson. I like Thompson as well. But I think the upside is greater for Coleman. Do you think, okay, years in the past, they've both been their own separate entity. Freeman and whatever you want to do. Freeman and um. Coleman, and they both have had seasons where they both finished top 25, meaning they both were at least an RB one or two. Do you think you can play, do you think you can have them on the same team? This is the year I would like them on the same team. More than any other year, I would like them on the same team. This is always the question we get asked, right? Do you want to, and it could go on for more than one guy here. I generally don't. You know, I generally Mm -hmm. don't because how deep are you at running back to be able to afford to do that? Yeah, See, and that's what I'm and, saying. Because can you, you ever an play them together? Right. And if you have an injury, now you're forced to play them together. And now you're really, instead of having two uh, positions, you really have one and a quarter. You know, that's my problem there. And running backs get hurt. Uh, I'm, I'd rather not. I mean, that's really the way it, way it is. I'd rather not. And I wouldn't draft for it. And there could be a situation where I already drafted Freeman in round two. Coleman's available in round nine. He's by far the best player. Don't have a choice there. But you see, now you eat both of them. Are, you know, you got. Can you give two of your top six picks to the Atlanta Falcon backfield? So that means you would need three running backs and three wide receivers. If you could go three running backs and three wide receivers, I think you could pull it off because then Coleman becomes a bench player. But that second running back has to be better than Coleman significantly. He doesn't. But so what happens when an injury happens? Now Coleman's in your lineup. That's my biggest now, problem Coleman, there. Coleman goes into your lineup as the as the RB as the RB one over Freeman. Uh, Freeman's so the injured player. Yeah. What, what if your other running back got hurt? Well then, well then you're in trouble. You're right about that too. Fantasy football frenzy comes to an end. Everybody enjoy your holiday as we push closer and closer to kickoff of 2018. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, and George Kirsch, we got you covered. Shout out to Scott, Sean Engle, excuse me, downstairs on the fourth floor. Fantasy frenzy. We out. <laughs>